Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What do you do when life doesn't go according to plan? That moment you lose a job, or a loved one, or even a piece of yourself. I'm Brooke Shields, and this is Now What? A podcast about pivotal moments as told by people who lived them. Each week I sit down with a guest to talk about the times they were knocked off course and what they did to move forward. Some stories are funny. Others are gut-wrenching. But all are unapologetically human and remind us that every success and every setback is accompanied by a choice. And that choice answers one question. Now what? Are there any other risks that you, you sit there and look back at and go, God, was, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I think probably the, probably Sarajevo comes out on top of that because I was just in Sniper Alley, you know. But there, again, I'm protected by my own um, denial, um, just blocking out, blocking out my mortality. And my mortality, I hadn't really run into until 1972 in Hanoi. I thought, oh God, yeah, I could die here. And you kind of don't really believe it till it's in your face. And by the way, every atheist there says, oh God, say, oh God, <laughs> they're praying like thunder at the end of the day. My guest today is one of the leading voices of her generation. Joan Baez is a singer, songwriter, political activist, and more. Her legendary soprano made her famous, but it was her role in the counterculture of the 1960s that made her an icon. She stood with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. at the March on Washington, performed at Woodstock, fought to integrate schools. The list goes on. 
I was admittedly starstruck during our interview, especially when she said we should go get a cup of coffee, but mostly because I had just watched I Am Noise, an incredible new documentary about Joan's life. It chronicles her incredible career, her efforts to uncover and heal from childhood trauma, her relationships, and her activism. I'm blown away by her life's story and honored that she took the time to share a little of her wisdom with me. Here is Joan Baez. Joan Baez, I can't believe I'm actually talking to you. This is such a huge honor, and I just want to say thank you for your time. And, and just for deciding to spend any time with me. I'm delighted to be here, you beautiful woman. <laughs> um, when I was watching your documentary, I Am Noise, I, I recently was part of a documentary about my own life. And watching it and being in it was a very surreal sort of revisitation of a lot of things in, in my life. And I was so impressed by you and your career and your messaging and your voice and your history. Um, why did you decide that this was the the appropriate time to reexamine all of that and share it with the public? Well, the question goes for the whole film and the singing and the family, uh, sisters and growing up and all of it. Why did I decide? And it was about wanting to leave an honest legacy, wanting to just go ahead. I mean, I've got nothing left to lose. I'm 82. My family's gone. So for a lot of the sensitive material that this was the time to do it. And it came out as, as I would have hoped. It stays understated, but you get the general idea of what my entire life was. And also things like the tapes from Birmingham, you know, hi, mummy and popsy, I'm going to meet Martin Luther King tomorrow. I mean, how crazy is that? So I don't have to tell the story. It tells itself from tapes I made when I was 22, uh, things like that. And you kept it all. I mean, you kept all. It was amazing seeing your doodles and your, <laughs> you know, your, your handwriting and, and your love for your family is, is evident. It is. First of all, my my mother kept everything. I didn't keep a thing and had no idea what was in that storeroom, nothing. And when I walk in in the film, it's the first time I've ever been in there. So surprise, surprise, I've learned a lot. Yeah, I've learned a lot from watching the film. What did you learn the most? What struck you the most from watching it? I think things like my son, it's just the depth of what he was dealing with. I knew he was dealing with... You know, my not being present for so many years. I didn't know how deep, how deeply it affected him and how marginal he felt. You know, and, and I get it about feeling marginal. Hearing my sisters say what they really felt about me, they, you know, you kind of guess, but it's hard for you. To, it's hard for them to really say what they said face to face with one of the directors whom they love. Uh, my older sister never talked to anybody. Anybody wouldn't let anybody take a photograph, but um, Karen O'Connor, one of the directors, they were friends, and she just put the camera there, and Pauline started to talk. So I learned from that and from my son, and then some of the <laughs> some of the therapy tapes I had. You know, I mean, I, I want to get rid of all the rest of them. I don't even know what they say. I just know there were a lot of them, and that I turning the keys over to the directors. That was part of it. The opening up of that storage, like the 
just it it was such a I don't know if the director intended that, but that sort of that that roll up and then being confronted with all of this. Um, in the in the film, the film examines your whole life up to to the current day from from the beginning through your diaries through mm-hmm. home videos. Um, it's quite extraordinary the amount of of uh, material that that exists um and that has been documented and it really it's uh, very moving to watch and there's a one journal entry when you were i think you were about 13 and you say i think of myself hardly a speck mm-hmm. then i see there is no use for this small dot to spend its entire life doing things for itself yeah. it might as well spend its time making the less fortunate specks enjoy themselves where did you develop that? <laughs> Where did that come from at 13? Uh, you know, probably, well, it had to have come from whatever my life had been so far. And my family at that point weren't officially Quakers, but pretty much as close to, no, actually, they actually were. And I'd been subjected to Quaker meeting, which kids are not crazy about. You just have to sit there and be quiet. But it did. it does affect you anyway, you know. And I think going to Baghdad, which is in there a little bit, and seeing the poverty and um, the people who had absolutely nothing and were sick and all of that, people respond in different ways. I mean, my sister, we all respond slightly differently, but whatever my makeup is, it um, was devastating to me. And I, I remember one day I was on a train, and I couldn't have been more than 10 or 12, and, I, and in my mind, I saw a tra- train going parallel to us. I mean, I w- it wasn't for real, it was, but I saw, and I saw a little girl, basically another little me. And I was thinking, I didn't want anybody to hurt that little girl. Mm. That I, if she didn't want to be hurt, then I didn't want, you know, I looked at her and I thought, oh, this represents kids, and none of us wants to be hurt. And we, you know, we all want to be loved. And... You know, I would have these little epiphanies when I was pretty young. <laughs> they saved my life also. But they're also, they're, it's you taking care of that little girl in you. Somewhere in there you knew you wanted to feel safer than, than life maybe made you feel or was unfolding around you, maybe didn't feel as safe. Self-care wasn't a word back then. But yeah, I mean, that must have been what the whole thing was about. <laughs> I just was so surprised of the degree that you suffered from panic attacks and oh God, from yeah. depression and dissociation. Do you remember when that started? Yeah, well, I mean, I was fragile as a little girl and I didn't realize it. You know, we didn't have any words for panic attacks back then. It's just, you know, you're crazy people. And, and when a crazy person went to see a psychiatrist, it was really not something anybody talked about. So, but early on, yeah, I was, you know, my mom says something about, we, you know, she, but something's bothering her and we don't know what that is. And, you know, and it confounded my lovely mom who wanted to take care of her daughter and didn't know quite how to deal with it all. So, yeah, I went through a, a life of it until I hit 50 and started dealing with it. You said you said at one moment you said I was just too crazy at the time, <laughs> and that is that I, I I don't think you were crazy at all. I think you were coping. I think you were 
you know, I used to curl under the sink and cry in spurts yep. and then get up and have to memorize lines. And, you know, but that's not, <laughs> that's not crazy. I mean, you, how did your, like, it broke my heart when I heard you call yourself crazy because I, I, that's a trigger for me because it is, you are coping, you are sensitive, you're an artist, you're a little kid, you're traveling all around in a, quite a bohemian way of life. Was music a, t- a form of escape? Or yeah. did that help? I mean, it's interesting. Music did both because I was I would have crippling stage fright, but I'd go out there. And I know that that gave me, I mean, I guess in the film it says, when I really started getting that recognition, I went from thinking of myself as this skinny, dumb Mexican, literally, that's how I saw myself, as, a, well, the Madonna, that's a good idea. <laughs> Why not opt for that? But I began developing, you know, some self, some self-worth, and I was proud. I loved my voice. I can always consider it a gift, so I can talk about it however I like. My job has been maintenance and delivery since I was 15. Um, yeah, so it, it, it gave me me. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. You were such an active participant in some of the seminal moments in in our history, whether it's the March on Washington or helping integrate schools or Woodstock, or I mean, the list just continues, Vietnam War protesting. Um, Do you think that your motivation for that stemmed from anything in particular? Um, I think that there was great sadness that I didn't know about when I was little. And I I remember, you know, the interviewers would say, I was like 21 or something, why are you singing all those sad songs? I didn't know why. Would you sing We Shall Overcome with me, please? We shall overcome 
But there was a deep, you know, there was a depth of sorrow in me. And that was, you asked it earlier, that was one way to deal with it, was singing those songs that were expressing something I didn't even really know about yet. Um, well, I, I encourage everybody to, to see this documentary because of the honesty and because of hearing your voice and hearing your voice at different stages, even when you're taping messages to your parents and you're on the train and you're talking about the sunrise or the mountains or whatever it is, you, you really do get an understanding of of your psyche to a certain extent and your and your sweetness juxtaposed with your strength, um, the juxtaposition of both of those things all the time really does come through in, in the documentary. And I think people will feel that. I was just going to say, I think we're allowing them to feel in some way. Because I, I'm not telling people what to feel, but we've discovered that this has unlocked things for people. Many people come up and say exactly that, whether it was communicating with their family or whether it was trauma, childhood trauma, etc. We, I didn't. This is icing on the cake for me. It wasn't. I didn't go out to make a film to make everybody else feel better. <laughs> but it's given, you know, it's opened doors for people, which is wonderful. The documentary really does dive deeply into your mental health. And discovering at what at such a young age how you are grappling with that, and mm -hmm. discovers that abuse was part of the family narrative. You know, we hear tapes in therapy, and we see you examine the roots of your anxiety. I feel like you've sat with this for so many years, but the willingness to be um, to examine it f with regards to how y you can heal. I, I think is generous. I don't I don't think maybe you set out to make other people happy, but I do think sharing experiences that are less than perfect right. are important. Yes, I think <laughs> but it does I, I make you so re-examine your memories. I, yeah, it does. And I that was the healing journey. You no. Know? I think everybody ought to see a therapist at some point because we're all we all get so lost and we go turn to friends and they're trying to please us and we turn to a friend who just pisses us off. But if you can go somewhere where you're going to get a straight answer or you're going to find your own straight answer, I think is really important. And just, just to make myself <laughs> even crazier than, than you say I'm not, I do that by way of talking. <laughs> I talk to trees now. I, I remember when Shirley MacLaine talked about, you know, talking to trees. I thought, oh, man, what a fruitcake, you know. And I have come completely around the other way. They're a big part of my life that I go to. There's one special one, and I just take my problems there. And if you speak to a tree and listen very carefully, um, you are. I get answers. Well, that's that's great. I mean, <laughs> I've been going to the same therapist for almost well, 35, maybe a little bit over, almost 38 years. And I got very, very lucky. And, you know, hearing your own voice, hearing your own uh, belief and feelings about things is, uh, is a huge gift. Yeah. Um, this show is called Now What? Because it's about pivotal moments in, in our lives that really, looking back, good or bad, they were, pivotal. you know, something of, in your life that was especially especially formative, if you were to look back 
Are there any that come to mind? What comes to my mind first is the goodness that I got from my parents. That comes before worrying about the problems, was that I have to have survived partly because they loved me and I loved them. And the importance of the Quakerism. I mean, in Quakerism, you really learn that human life is more important than the nation state. So here we are, the nation states pile up, you know, one after another, and kids go on dying for that. So at a very early age, I was thinking about those things. And for that, I'm grateful. In the, in the movie, my older sister's has that globe and she's pointing to it, the place, you know, sort of symbolizing all the places that we'd been. And she said, Pops wanted to travel around, meet different people to show us that we're sort of, we're all the same, basically. And, you know, and that's partly where that speck came from, that, that little speck of a person that my parents both must have helped me form that. Was there a person that you came into contact with? I mean, you've known so many icons like Martin Luther King Jr. and James Baldwin and Patti Smith, who is a, I love her, um, Bob Dylan, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs gave me my first computer in the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, any? Is there anybody? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Was there anybody in particular that, that made an impression on you? Oh, there have been people. You know, I mean, the first ones that come to mind are Havel, who was became the president of Czech Republic, had been a dissident. I always go for these dissidents because they've paid the price, taken the risk and paid the price, and I just admire that so much. It's, it's what we don't have, Brooke. We don't have, I mean, we have a lot of people doing a lot of good things, and it's really difficult in this political atmosphere, which is all about bullying, you know, and hatred and fear. And there's people, there are people who are doing good things. And we, I don't know where this rambling I'm doing started, but social change, really serious social change, meaningful, can't happen until people are willing to take a risk. And we need to be, you know, more tuned into that and hopefully more willing to, to step out of our comfort zone. And not letting fear, not letting fear, you know, really guide us as much as it wants to. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, I think, I think, I think courage is contagious and courage is not that you're fearless, but it is that you're afraid and you do it anyway. So most of us to be, to be courageous means to fa face the demons, whether they're personal and internal or whether there's this, this sick world we're living in. But I, I mean, I also think you, like people have said, things I've done and written about are courageous. And I've never thought about it as courageous. I just right. thought about it as necessity. Because very rarely, I think, does one really feel courageous unless something is simple. And, you know, then, then that's not really courage. But you took risks. I mean, are there moments that from your youth and your career that you still can't believe that you experienced? <laughs> well, yeah, there are. And I think it's a blessing. <laughs> I think denial is our friend. Because as I'm walking through the streets of Grenada, Mississippi, I mean, you're either in denial or dumb to do that because you're going to get hurt. You know, I mean, denial about, yeah. say, pl climate change. If we didn't stay in denial, maybe 90% of the day, uh, it wouldn't be worth living.
Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on do not disturb, tuning out all the constant just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. You talk about being the, the, the right voice at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I'm so moved by the sound of your voice now. <laughs> um, it resonates differently. But there's, some, there's something about the richness of your voice now, albeit the younger sound was extraordinary and unique and there was a clarity and a, a timber to it. But hearing you, your voice now... Is is extremely moving. Do you think that there's any any metaphor in that psychologically with how far you've come and all doing all the work? Well, I was busy not liking my voice for the last number of years, and it's because I was trying to make it into something it can't be anymore. And the more I accept it, I mean, I don't sing much, but pe- people have asked me recently to do a couple of things. I mean, I took the guitar off the wall, which is where it's lived since I quit touring, and started to see whether I could, my fingers are going to stay spaghetti or whether the muscle memory would come back. And it, <laughs> it came back enough. And I actually, when I quit trying to make notes that I couldn't make, that's where all the tension was coming from, and that was making it not fun. And I would say, although I don't spend much time at it, I have found um, spots where I'm really happy with the sound of the voice. And accepting, accepting that is sort of like accepting wrinkles for me. <laughs> it, it just is. It is what it is. But there's no Botox for the vocal cords. That, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. But I think anytime we, we try to compare ourselves to something that w- was, I think we come up short. I hope you found joy again in your voice because so many of us, have and do. But looking back at your songs and your activism, did you do it for the greater good? Mm. Or was there a part of you that just was being defiant 
or self-destructive? Um, I don't think self-destructive. I think the positive part of it is that I am proud of every one of those um, challenges that came along and I did. I don't think I went off in the wrong track at any point. I think then the film alludes to it. I was addicted to it, which, you know, whatever made it impossible to me to be really present with my son, something in there was so difficult for me that I would take off, you know, and I would do something, I mean, something valuable and something good, but I, I, I could have stayed home. When you say that you, your son, you were not present, do you mean that just because of your schedule or do you mean that emotionally? Both, both. I mean, the schedule physically took me away, but being there, but not really being present for him. Um, I kind of knew, I mean, I know that and I knew it already, but to hear more from him about what that actually felt like and, you know, to hear, you know, my mom surrounded me with really good people, but there's nothing can really take the place of a parent. Um, So, you know, I had a lot of gut punches while I was watching and healthy ones because I learned from them. And, to see your son, you and your son on tour for the quote unquote, I don't want to admit it. I will not, I will not be, I will not be accepting the farewell tour as a farewell tour, <laughs> but that's not for me to decide. Um, seeing, you know, I, you're his only mom, you know, and seeing the two of you together and seeing you two perform together, there's a huge amount of healing in that. And, and, um, and you can feel it. And I don't think it's ever too late in any way. We all have guilt for, I have a huge amount of guilt for being so kidnapped by postpartum depression with my first daughter Um, and, you know, and hold that. And I, I think what you, it's, it's a very, it's a beautiful thing anyway, to see you both on, on stage together. And um, so I'm, I'm glad for that. When, uh, when people ask me what is it I'm most proud of in my life, it really isn't the accolades and the whatever, all that stuff, and the praising <laughs> and the and the awards and that. It really is, and I came. This came to me really clearly that my son and I were able to reach each other. We had to work really hard at it. We needed a therapist or a referee or something. Um, but still, we go back. If there's a hitch, we go back again because um, the wounds were deep. And it's, it will be processing that from here on out. Um, but that's good news for people that you can actually do that. But you need help. You just can't do that on your own. That was Joan Baez. To learn more about her incredible story, check out I Am Noise available everywhere on November 21st. That's it for us today. Talk to you next week. Now What with Brooke Shields is a production of iHeartRadio. Our lead producer and wonderful showrunner is Julia Weaver. Additional research and editing by Darby Masters and Abu Zafar. Our executive producer is Christina Everett. The show is mixed by Bahid Frazier. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. 
because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.